Today's podcast is sponsored by McAllister's Deli in Carbondale. From salads and sandwiches to spuds and much more. That's McAllister's Deli in Carbondale. Hey everybody, welcome back to Saluki Standards. Connor Onion here. Sure, like many of you, really looking forward to having a, a real live, or at least something that is kind of like a real live sporting event this weekend with the NFL draft taking place. Jeremy Chin could be a first rounder, and a couple other Salukis are on that NFL radar as well, including this week's guest, DJ Davis, the return man, running back, do it all type player for the Salukis the last four years. And uh, quickly here, the, the resume for DJ. He was a, an All-Valley pick all four years. He played in a Saluki uniform, uh, a two-time All-American by Hero Sports, and he finished his career second in all-purpose yards in Saluki history and fifth in rushing yards in Saluki history. And now he's hoping to add to the next chapter and go to the NFL. And that's where our conversation starts. How are you feeling leading up to the NFL draft coming up this week? Thank you for having me. Um, like I said, I'm very anxious about it. Um, not kind of not nervous or anything like that because I give it all to God. You know, I control what I can control, and anything else that I can't control, I just give it all to God. So I'm more anxious than anything because I feel an opportunity coming, no matter what kind of opportunity it is. If it's a rookie mini camp, or, or um, getting drafted, or undrafted free agent, anything like that, I feel an opportunity coming. So I'm more anxious than anything, just getting myself prepared physically, mentally, and spiritually. I'm sure you have a lot of time to think right now, and you can't mm-hmm. work out 24-7. Your, yeah. your, body, your body couldn't do that. But yeah. uh, what, what else have you done to uh, keep yourself occupied and, and not drive yourself crazy thinking about football 24-7? Man, I have an eight-month-year-old. She just turned eight months uh, on the 14th. Uh, my niece, uh, she's in the house with us now, and honestly, she's been taking – have my time away <laughs> so if I'm not running around chasing around her you know I'm with my little brothers literally spending my time with family each and every day and it's been kind of, it's very very good to take my mind off that um sometimes and stuff like that so and it's just heartwarming that I can be home with family now and spend time valuable time with them together an eight month year old one yeah. day you're gonna one day you're gonna look back on this and explain what she was living through the first year of her life aren't you Man, <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. What feedback have you gotten from uh, NFL teams on, on where you might fit in some of their systems? I got more feedback than anything from the uh, from the Rams. You know, they like my film and stuff like that, and they're being, they've been the team that taught me the most, you know, checking up on me, making sure I have they have the right information for draft day and stuff like that. So um, mostly uh, – like um, the Rams, um, they just got rid of their returner. And, of course, Gurley made the trade and stuff like that. So I, I feel like I fit in their offense pretty well and can be in the turn game and special teams and stuff like that. So, I mean, however a team, like, looking to use me, I'm, I'm ready for it. So I feel like the Rams are probably the best fit for the teams that called me. That sounds a little familiar. I remember when you committed to SIU, there was a, a news story that was headlined, <laughs> cornerback. Oh, yeah. Davis, committed to SIU. Not running back, but cornerback. Not running back, cornerback. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah. We might see a similar headline maybe in the NFL when you get picked up as, you know, 
Maybe it'll be strong safety, DJ. <laughs> hey, whatever it takes, whatever it takes. <laughs> oh, yeah. but I, I guess my question is, do you have a desire to to be a running back? Are you, are you stubborn in that, that, that you want to be a running back? I know you mentioned maybe get used in special teams, but, mm-hmm. you know, say somebody comes at you and says, we want you to be a slot receiver. Is that something you would you would be open to? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm all for it and what's best for the team. And then also I just – any way I can get the ball in my hands is fine to help the team. It's from the slot or special teams, from the running back, catching balls out the out the backfield and stuff like that. So, yeah, I wouldn't have no problem at all with it. I'll just adjust and adapt and, and learn the game from the slot position and, and go from there. Have you have you done some of that in your workouts? Have you have you gotten out wide and, and run some routes? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've been working with a former NFL receiver as well, and he's been teaching me some things. Uh, so I've just been learning the game from him and, and taking what I can from him and soaking it in. So just being, being ready for that opportunity if, if I need to switch positions as well. Who do they got you working with? Uh, Stacy Coley. Uh, he used to play for the um, Minnesota Vikings. He also went to Miami Hurricanes. Okay. You got some you got some good people in your corner then. Oh yeah, you, absolutely. <laughs> I mean you have got you know, you've got Eddie Jackson, your cousin in the family, cousin. Pro Bowl safety with the Bears. <laughs> yes, you you sir. got some you got some NFL people around you, don't you? Absolutely, absolutely. Yes, sir. How has Eddie helped you during this process? Have you have you picked your cousin's mind a little bit? Oh yeah, absolutely. Not even just during the process, like just the whole time, because I needed some assistance as well, like leading up to college and stuff like that, you know. Uh, many of my family members haven't had the chance to uh, make it to that level, college level, um, especially playing sports with it and juggling education and everything and being away from home. So, yeah, I contacted him as well and got some information from him, some advice and stuff like that. So we kind of been keeping in touch throughout the whole process. And like he just told me, just keep your head down and keep grinding. And all you need is an opportunity. Just like him, he was drafted late because of uh, injury that he went through um, in his college career, and he got the opportunity. Now he's what he's doing with it. He's doing great. Yeah, yeah, a couple of Pro Bowls in back-to-back years. I'd say he's doing all right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you, you mentioned how he was drafted late, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, you you expressed some anxiety maybe um, leading up to, to Thursday, Friday, and Saturday this weekend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What What has he shared with you about some of that pre-draft anxiety that, I'm sure a lot of guys feel. He was just saying, like, just, you know, keep your focus and, and keep your faith and believing in God. Um, you know, you're going to get the opportunity, the right opportunity that you're supposed to get um, is going to come to you. You know, you're going to get put in the right in the position that you're supposed to, you know. So he just said, keep your faith um, in the high most uh, God and just, just be ready for whatever opportunity that comes. He was like, he was anxious as well, and he thought he was going to go earlier, and he kind of got – down a little and then once he got the opportunity he said hey man i got the opportunity for the dream of my life i gotta go there one of, one of the cool opportunities you got leading up to, to the draft was going to the hula bowl going mm-hmm. to hawaii i know a lot of people oh, yeah. are jealous of, of the geography of, uh, <laughs> of, of that opportunity oh what yeah was, what was the highlight from from that trip to hawaii man you can never turn the trip down to hawaii i'll tell you that um it was amazing just the atmosphere of getting to meet new people and uh, the people out there, their culture is just amazing. They're very welcoming. And like I said, getting to meet other athletes that's on the same mission and goal as me, 
um, from all over. Um, some were out there from Hawaii, some were from UCF, and all, it's all over the world. So it's like it was very, very. It was a good experience to meet new people and and to see other people on the same job as me. Did you bring anything home with you? Did you bring? Uh... I don't know, like one of those those cool shirts back with you, or oh yeah, one of those I got a they they hooked us up with a couple of shirts, a couple of shorts and stuff like that, some jackets. My favorite thing I brought home is I have a picture with Eric Dickinson. I got to meet up there in Hawaii, so that was kind of cool. Really? Oh yeah, absolutely. D. Eric Dickerson. D. Eric, yes sir. <laughs> wow. Because he played in the Hula Bowl as well, so they had some former um, Hula Bowl players come. Uh, back to visit and stuff like that, and he was there, and I got the chance to meet him, which that was very good. I'm mean, one of the best running backs to play the game. So the uh, the, the Rams vibes are are coming in strong They're now. Come, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. DJ, uh, before we get into the part two of this, I, I did want to ask you. You know, it's been five months since your college career came to a mm-hmm. close. Um, mm-hmm. I know in disappointing fashion being snubbed from the playoffs. Has mm-hmm. any of that pain worn off from, from that day of the selection show? Uh, not at all. I still remember it like it just and I kind of use it as motivation as well because, like I said, I'm I'm a team player, so whatever team I get, I get a chance to uh, get my opportunity at. I'm, I want to win, so it's, like, it's, it's still motivation to me. It's still like it's a drive and stuff like that. Just, you know, thinking about it. it's in the back of my mind each and every day. Um, so, yeah, I just use it as a motivation and a drive to get to where I want to be. The records will speak for themselves in the NFL, so that's a good thing. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, you were a, a captain of the team your senior year. Um, mm-hmm. But I want to go to earlier in your life than that. Who was somebody that, that you thought was uh, a role model to you early on in your life? Man, my dad. And my older brother, you know, there were people I looked up to, um, touching bases on my dad. Um, you know, he's just, he's been a great father figure to me. Um, he's just been in my life throughout the whole thing, you know, been a, been my motivator, been my trainer here and there, been my, been my drive, my, my everything. He just, he's always been there, whatever I needed, he's always been there. Um, and my brother, you know, it's some someone you have an older brother and he's playing football and you want to play football and that's someone you always look up to. So I just use him as motivation as well. You know, everything he did, I did right behind him. So it's, he was definitely someone I looked up to. I always wanted to be like him and stuff like that. So it's everything he needed. He needed to do whatever work he put in and stuff like that. That's what I was doing right behind him at, at the young age as well. What's the the best piece of advice your your father's given you? Man, never give up. You know, he, he went through some adversity through his life, and he could have easily given up, you know, but he, he always taught me never give up. And I just kept that, and I just took it and ran with it, honestly. And everything I do, whether it's school, whether it's football, whether it's life itself, we're going through a pandemic right now. Just never give up because there's always, it's always brighter days ahead to come. And what about your older brother? You mentioned that he's a big part of the reason that you got into football. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Since I was five years old, I've been playing football because of him. You know, I just, like I said, I just running around the house, you know, and then watching him make plays on, on, on Saturdays for Little League and stuff like that. It's like, man, I want to do that as well. So it's like everything he did, I was doing the same thing as well as going to school, like just trying to, like, do, do best to get uh, good grades and stuff like that because, you know, you can't have 
you can't have bad grades playing football and stuff like that. Is everything is go hand in hand, hand in hand. So you need that to be playing on the field as well. So everything he was doing, I was doing right behind him. What's an example of a time where where Big Brother kept you in line? Probably when I say I don't know if it was elementary or middle school. You know, I kind of um, I was starting to play football probably at the age of five, and around ten years old, like a spark kicked in, like. Hey, this might really might be the sport I can play. You know, I started doing good and became honestly one of the best uh, at my age around here at football and stuff like that. So it was just I kind of kind of got beside myself. Like after that year, after the year, my 90 pound year, that summer, you know, we always work out and do this and do that, and I kind of was kind of pushing my workouts to the side and stuff like that. So when he he began to notice it because hey we living together and he, like I said I, I used to do everything behind him and he began to notice it so that's when he checked me about it like hey man you just because you're making plays and stuff like that don't mean the the workload become less because you're making plays it actually become more because you're gonna expect to make them plays each and every game so he kind of kept me in check in there and ever since then I just I've been on the grind. How much would he check you during your college career? Uh, it kind of not not too often because you know, like I said, after that moment, I kind of he kind of got the gist. Like, okay, I said what I need to say to him, and, and he, I think he got it. You know, he had just checked me on like some plays that I could have ran for touchdowns that I got caught on and stuff like that. You know, just just being a big brother. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. that's why they say you're coachable. Oh All yeah, it took one moment when you were ten years old and you were done. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, he's definitely a, a big coach. And he would call me sometimes like, like man, like you ain't see this on this run and you ain't see this on that run. I'm like, dang, <laughs> I already got a coach. So you already – so I just – no, I listen to him and he always took his advice and stuff like that because I know he only wants the best for me. He's pushing me just like my dad and my family and my coaches and everything. So I know he wants the best for me. So I'm always a listener. Hey, man, I know, I know how easy it is from – a high and wide angle to be sitting in the stands and say, oh, yeah. I see, I see that. How do you <laughs> not see that? Exactly. <laughs> Man. DJ, you're, you're, you're what? The, you're the middle of five kids, right? Yes, sir. Uh, three uh, brothers and one sister. My sister's the oldest. So, I mean, you've kind of got that unique position within your family of, Mm-hmm. Like you're talking about being led by, you know, your father mm-hmm. and then your older siblings, but also, mm-hmm. you know, having the responsibility to lead your younger siblings. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what have you passed down to, to the younger members of your family as far as leading them? Man, uh, like I said, just working hard and honestly, whatever they put their mind to that they can do it. You know, my uh, the youngest one of the pack, my youngest brother, uh, he's very talented. But he's like he kind of gets discouraged here and there, um, and I try to tell him like, "Hey, man, you can't let it. You can't let nothing get uh, discourage you, because he wants to be perfect each and every play, everything he does. He just want. He's a perfectionist. So I'm like, you're you're only human. You're gonna make mistakes and stuff like that. You just gotta keep putting in the work and, and believe in yourself. Honestly, that's the major key to believe in yourself, and that's what all our, my siblings siblings have in common. We believe in ourselves and whatever we say we're gonna do. That's what we're going to do. So I, I try to pass that down to them. You know, they're young still, and they're still dreaming and believing. And honestly, it may seem unrelated, but whatever you dream you can do, you you can actually do it. 
a perfectionist mentality. That's one of the things mm-hmm. you, you just said. How much mm-hmm. did you feel the the pressure to to sometimes be perfect as a captain and one of the leaders mm-hmm. of a hundred guys when you're playing yeah. at SIU? Man, honestly, uh, we came like the group that we had at SIU. Man, we became so close to each other to where like they weren't even looking at like the leaders and stuff to be perfectionists. Like. Honestly, it was just second nature to, like, do everything right for me, Chan, and, and Malik, and the uh, other captains on the team and stuff. But it just it, – it became second nature to do what's right. But also it's like, okay, we're, we don't have to be afraid to make a mistake because we're only human. So it's like we just work hard and stuff like that. We're, we're going to make mistakes here and there, um, whether it's on the field, off the field, whatever like that. But um, we, we, we really built the vibes, like, together as a team, as a brotherhood to – Whenever one make mistake, we're going to pick them right back up. So it's like I always want perfection perfection for myself, but in the back of my back of my mind, I know I have 100 brothers that support me and have my back even if I make a mistake. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you saying that reminds me of something your old teammate and uh, running back mate Jonathan Mixon said when he was at mm-hmm. SIU about you. Mm-hmm. He, he said, DJ's so good because he asks so many questions. He's, he's always mm-hmm. one of the, the um, most curious guys in the running back room. He's always asking questions. Mm-hmm. Even when you were one of the younger guys in that room, why didn't mm-hmm. you fear asking a silly question? Uh, honestly, because, you know, you're the old saying, uh, any question is not a dumb question. So it's like I just took that. I'm like, okay, I'm the younger guy. You know, these older vets in here, some seniors, some juniors, some sophomores just one year over me, but they've been in this system already, so they know the ins and outs of plays and stuff like that. But it's me coming in as a freshman or a younger guy, and I have to ask more questions, honestly, because it's a whole new language to me. It's a whole new whole new terminology, everything like that. And I always want what's best for the team. So if it's my time to get in there and, and get at running back or any uh, special teams, anything like that, I want to know everything that's going on, not even just my assignment. I want to know the people assignments around me so I know, like, I just know everything that's going on just in case. And I, I don't know. I just, it always kind of stuck with me. Like, just, like I said, I have that perfectionist mentality as well. So it just, it kind of stuck with me. Did you ever ask a silly question? Oh, yeah, all the time, all the time. <laughs> and those guys, the guys laugh at me and stuff like that. You know, but hey, I'm asking these questions, but I want answers to them. I need answers to them. <laughs> what's mm-hmm. uh, what's one of the silly questions you remember asking? Uh, probably it probably didn't even have anything to do with football. Honestly, like probably like us reporting on the day and and like a, a day before the game and stuff. And I I asked like, do I have to bring something? And it was I'm, I I know it wasn't even a question that had to do with being on the field. <laughs> I know it didn't. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that's funny. When uh, I, I remember when you were named captain last fall, um, uh-huh. you know, you know, Coach Hill was was pretty emotional about the relationship that you guys have and mm-hmm. um, you know, the the fact that your teammates looked at you to, to be a leader of the team. Why mm-hmm. do you think that struck Coach so emotionally? And you know, he, he I think he even got choked up a little bit when he announced you're <laughs> captain. Yeah, he did. Uh, it's been an amazing ride with Coach Hill, man. Coach Hill and the other coaches as well. But 
like I said, man, we, me, Chan, Blake, Z, all the other captains or whatever, we came in uh, the first year. Coach Hill got the uh, head coach job, so he's been trying to change the culture ever since, and we've been doing an amazing job to following him and believing him and trusting him, and we've been doing a good job at it, and he's been doing a great job at it as well. And it's just like the experiences we had together. Like I remember my grandfather, my grandfather when he passed away that night. He Coach Hill and Coach Griff showed up to my house. Um, like my mom, them they couldn't even call me, so they called Coach Hill and and he brought his. He came from his house to bring his phone to me to let me know the information, and just kind of was there to you know to be there for me and stuff like that. So it's times like that, and then. Going back to my freshman year, uh, when my aunt passed away, um, Coach Griffith, he came and got me from my dorm room and, and brought me up to the to the coach's office. And I sat in there while they were in meetings, and they came in there and talking to me and stuff like that. So it just goes back to experiences that we had together to where, like, man, it, it just, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big family, honestly. Like, I don't look at anybody on that team, anything other than family. From the coaches to the trainers to the to the players and everything like that, we kind of built that culture together that honestly is going to last forever. They didn't have to do that, did they? Yeah, oh, they didn't. They did not. Did you know that Southern Illinois University awards students ten million dollars annually in scholarships, has test optional admission, and in-state tuition for all U.S. residents? SIU offers hands-on, career-focused learning in every major which are supported by internships and community service and the potential for study abroad and more. Southern Illinois has faculty who bring real-world experience to the classroom and the classroom into the real world. See what SIU can do for you at the next open house. Registration and info at siu.edu slash open house. Exploring options. That's a Saluki. You've you've experienced some loss in your family Mm -hmm. with people that are close to you. Mm-hmm. early in your life what's what's that taught you about uh, you know in dealing with some of the tough moments honestly adversity you know and and build, building that toughness mentally as well you know um my aunt who passed away we were close but i don't think i ever lost anyone as close to me as my grandfather um Man, just I'm saying, someone who comes hit me up from school. We'll go to Wendy's or anything, and we'll have we'll have a little dinner date. Me and grandfather just talking, talking about sports, talking about school, everything like that. And I'm talking about this is day in and day out, each and every day. We're doing something. We're in the backyard of his house, you know, shooting hoops. Uh, sometimes I had to let him win because they didn't want to think I was picking on the old guy, you know. So and then so it's just like moments together that we had to 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 each other, and then my my grandfather. That's what I learned from. He's such a family man. He's very family oriented. He was very family oriented. So it's like as someone I always also look up to to where like when I become when I get my family one on um, my own day, uh, I just want to be the man that he was for his family. You know, everyone depending on him to to be the light to their family, to be the light to their day, to be the light to anything. And he was always that light. He always wanted to bring us together and everything like that, just to, just to be with his family and stuff like that. So, I mean, he taught me a lot throughout my life. Um, my aunt also taught me a lot, and I kind of just take it as motivation as well to where I just want to continue to make them proud each and every day, no matter what I'm doing, every aspect of my life.
I'm going to make them proud. That's why I always put my best foot forward. Uh, how did how did that change? Maybe how you thought or how you acted uh, in in the days following losing them. Uh, honestly, it just it it kind of matured me. Honestly, it's like I it made me think differently as far as like what's important and what's not important because it's like you your time on on earth isn't isn't gonna last forever. So it's like okay, my grand my grandfather he left pretty soon. He was around sixty five, sixty six, or something like that. But the time he was here, he he cherished it. That's why he was such a, a very family origin. He he cherished his his time here on Earth. And honestly, I can't say that I wish that I would have had this moment with my grandfather, or I wish we would have done this, because we honestly we did everything. We done been fishing put together. We done did this. We done did that. And I feel like. Just cherish, cherish your moments while you're here on Earth, while you have it. I think about last summer, you know, one of your close friends and captains, Xavion Furcron, he lost mm. his mother. Mm. And mm-hmm. you were one of the first people to be there for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you think some of your experiences of loss ultimately helped you help your friend? Man, just honestly giving him the advice that that I needed when I was going through it, you know, Um I was being away from home, and I had that feeling to where as if I was alone or anything like that, but I had to relate to, okay, no, I'm I'm totally not alone. Like, I have 100 teammates. I have coaches and everything that's going to be there for me, and that's exactly what they were. So I wanted to do the same thing for him. You know, that night when I got the phone call about my granddad, um, he, he was in my room crying with me because – he had met my granddad before. He had been down here to visit us and my family, spent time with my grandmother and my grandfather, and it touched him too as well. So, And the things that his mother did for me, I mean, I can't even explain it. Like, he, I looked at her as my mother as well. I respect her as my mother. I loved her as my mother as well. So it was only I had no other choice but to be there for him. So when he got the call, he was already headed down there to his to Joliet. And I remember it like it was I was taking a test and when I got out of the test, um, I had probably twenty over twenty missed calls from Coach Hill, from my parents, from Z, from uh Z's girlfriend, Z's grandma, stuff like that. And I had knew I already knew what the the, the news was gonna be. So I told Coach Griff, I was like, Man, whatever I got to do, I got to get on the train either tonight or in the morning, early in the morning to get to Z, because I know he'll do the same for me. And that's exactly what I did. I spent the whole week with him up there at his home uh, and his family and stuff like that, just being there for him. And, like, that's that's a brother to me. So that's that's what I had to do. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't have did it any other way but then how I did it, being there for him. That's amazing, man. Mm-hmm. That's, that's really amazing. On, on your and I got they they surprised me with selecting me as a uh, as a pallbearer at the funeral. So it was like, wow. mm, like, yeah. So it was, man. Yeah. Wow. That's what people are talking about when they they talk about what a good guy DJ Davis is being there for a friend yeah. like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I am curious. You know, you guys play. You know, some people characterize it a collision sport. Some characterize mm-hmm. it a violent sport. You, mm-hmm. You've got to channel that part of you sometimes 
how do you how do you balance that and then flip the switch and still be a good guy off the field? Honestly, because it's I don't know if it's being I don't want to say it's being a good guy on the field, but it's like I have fun on the field, so it's like it's a violent sport. It's a very collision, a lot of collisions and stuff like that. But it's like having fun on the field. It's something that I enjoy. It's my passion. So it's like when I get out the field, it's really no like no switch to flip because like when we get in the locker room with the guys, like I love that we 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 passionate about that. We go to putting on the music, dancing with the guys and stuff like that, making jokes and this, this and that. So it's just it's honestly how I live my life. Like everything I do with football is like how I live my life off the field. Like I'm putting my passion and my grind and my heart into this. So it's like it's nothing to flip the switch. It's the same mentality when I get off the field, honestly. Yeah. That made me think you're talking about, you know, turning the music on and having a good time with your teammates in the locker room. That made me think of you guys winning at Indiana State this year and mm-hmm. teammates lift you up on, on their shoulders post-game oh, yeah. <laughs> and you deliver a message. Uh-huh. What did that moment mean to you? Man, it meant the world because, you know, I'm, I'm, I was more of a – my like my junior year and stuff like that. I was more of a just lead by example kind of captain, you know, or lead by example kind of leader. And senior year, Coach Giff, he honestly he challenged me to 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 talk more. So it was like, man, after a big win and we were on the we were on the road um, in the Missouri Valley Conference with a big road win and we on the like we on the road now, and it's like, man, I had I, I felt like I had to speak then. You know, and it, it's like my teammates, I love them so much, and they, they really respect me, and they always listen to what I have to say. And I thank them for that, and I thank God for allowing me to have a voice like that on my team or um, having a voice like that, period. So for people to listen to me and stuff like that, uh, I'm blessed to have that. And, man, I love those guys, so I just felt like I had needed to say that to the team and stuff like that. So every time I spoke, yeah, I spoke from the heart. So and them boys knew that, so they respected. Once you had something to say, everybody shut up, didn't they? Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Last last thing on toughness, DJ. Uh, mm-hmm. On on Sunday mornings, after mm-hmm. you have a Saturday game, you carry the ball twenty five times. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're you're taking a pounding at, at your position. How would you uh-huh. describe how your body feels on a typical Sunday after a Saturday game? Man, like I just been ran over by a train or something, man. <laughs> nah, but yeah, it'd be very like I'd be very sore and stuff like that. But it just it's a it it just comes with leadership, responsibility, and stuff like that. So okay, I got to get up and I got to get to the training room, even if like okay, I don't have a like I'm not hurting, hurting, but I'm just sore. So I need to get in this cold tub, in the cold tub get my body right because I got to turn it right back on the next week to, to prepare for the game on next Saturday. So it's just come with being a leader and having the mentality to where I'm not going to let this soreness or anything like that stop me from what I need to be doing for my team. When does that go away? Is, is it is it Monday? I mean, do you wake up Monday and that soreness yeah, is it'll, gone? Yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll probably be around Monday, Sunday night. I, that, that cold toe work miracles, I ain't going to lie. Not that thing where miracles. I ain't used to like it because getting in it because it was so freezing cold. So it was like, ah, yeah, it was a pain. But once I got to the level to where, okay, no, I need to be in here because it's helping my body bounce back. I need to just 
deal with the pain for 10 minutes and I'll be fine. Yeah, that's nothing after you have 250-pound guys coming after you, right? For real. Cold stuff, <laughs> nothing. I, I, I can deal with that. <laughs> uh, uh, let's let's move on to our final segment here um mm-hmm. championships um mm-hmm. y- you know you y- you came so close in high school mm-hmm. playing out of florida you guys finished mm-hmm. second in state twice twice two years in a row give me the positive first of that run i know there's the pain at the end of it but uh, what, what were your best memories from, from those runs of getting to the state championship game and one of the best high school football states in the country? Yeah, honestly, it goes back to the same thing. Like, I'm very – I don't know if it's because I'm very family-oriented, but when I get on the team, I'm very team-oriented. So it's like the moments with my teammates that year on the high school, it was just amazing. You know, like high school games, you don't usually stay the night at a hotel or anything like that before the game. So – state championship we got a chance to do that and just having those moments with those guys in the hotel and stuff like that is just is um unreal it's very very heartwarming and stuff like that so i feel like the whole year it just goes back to having my teammates and stuff together um like we just built a family and a brotherhood that that, like i said about the the brotherhood that we formed at siu it won't it won't be forgotten or anything like that it's gonna last forever the same thing we did in high school, like we have, we're very close. A lot of us are, are real close, and we keep in touch with everybody. And it's gonna be the same thing with SIU teammates and stuff like that. So it's like, I just value the the friendship and brotherhood that I have with my teammates, and, and that's what that's what makes the run so 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 like so great and so so worthy of it. You know, my teammates. You'll have to confirm something for me here. Uh, was there a was there a Hail Mary attempt at the end of one of those games? Oh, yeah. Up in the air um, for you? What was that? Second second round against Oxbridge uh, Academy. Um, you know, Travis Holman, the running back, he plays for the Seattle Seahawks now. So we were going at it and all that. And, and last, it was, I want to say, 19, 18 seconds left. It was like fourth and, fourth and forever. And at this moment, I'm like, man, we we need to win because they had beat us in the regular season. And, you know, the guys were talking noise and stuff like that. So it was like, man, we got to beat these guys. So fourth and forever, I'm in slot position. I go for a bomb. And my quarterback, he just trusted me. He threw that thing out there, and I had went and got it. And that's probably, I ain't gonna lie, that's probably the, the, the best moment of my football career was that play right there. Game winning touchdown. Game winning touchdown. Man, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. Game winning touchdown. Yeah. Oh, that's mm-hmm. uh that's a that's a Friday night lights type moment right there. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All the guys rushed towards me, tackling me. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. That's cool, man. Mm-hmm. When I when I had Coach Hill on a couple weeks ago, we talked about um you know some of the some of the feelings of you know getting downstate, getting so mm-hmm. close, mm-hmm. and not being able to finish. What was the the hardest part about about that reality for you? Uh, honestly, just knowing the the amount of work that we put in uh, to get to that point. You know, um, you know we work week in week out. Shoot, it was times where we were practice we, we practiced on Thanksgiving that year in high school and trying to get to the stage and stuff like that. So it was just moments like that, like, okay, we put a lot of work towards this goal and, and dream that the team have together. 
and and just coming up short kind of just kind of disappointing in the to the hard work that we put in also the same thing with college you know this previous year uh we had a lot of hard work and stuff like that like i said adversity gonna come each and every year i end up missing two games uh two conference games actually so it's like and we i missed two games now we're okay boom we get back on the road and and go back to winning and stuff like that and we never really we never folded we never folded so and we came together worked hard and put the work in that we needed to and then we came up short so it's just it's kind of it's really just motivation and for the guys that's still there it's it's, it's like real motivate like a lot more motivation and stuff like that so every time i talk to the guys back on back at siu that's still there and whatever like that upcoming seniors or uh, anything uh, like little Romero in the running back room and stuff like that I tell them hey y'all gotta you gotta use that to to for motivation as fuel to the fire you know and throughout my career we were never that close to being to the playoffs so it's like man y'all gotta go get it I know for you personally you're laser focused right now on all the mm-hmm. steps and trying to get an NFL team to pick you up draft you and get a shot at the pro level Mm-hmm. But uh, how much do you let your mind wander and think about playing for a Super Bowl? Uh, I let it wander a little bit. You know, I have dreams and goals of myself as well. You know, just just wanting to do some things and stuff like that. But honestly, it's just just getting that opportunity that I've been thinking about right now. You know, uh, years years back, um, like I said, I started playing football since I was five years old. And it's been something that I always wanted to do. But it's years back that I I made a promise to God to where, man, I just I, I asked for a platform or, or or voice to have to lead, motivate and inspire others. So I feel like the time is coming and it's no it's no it's no platform bigger than the NFL right now to, to have that voice, I feel like. So that's 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 what I wanna do. Get that opportunity and then think about the Super Bowl. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. One, one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Well, hey, man, we'll be watching. And I know this uh, this process hasn't been maybe what you thought it would be, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm sure it'll be worth it once you get that call and get that opportunity. Absolutely. Yes, sir. So, Southern Illinois is rooting for you, and uh, we're hoping to see that uh, that DJ Davis name pop up on the screen here oh, in a yeah. couple of days. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, all right, man, be healthy, and uh, thanks for doing this. Oh, no, absolutely. Thank you.